UK Healthcare, the power of advanced medicine, presents our doctor and med staff podcasts. This is UK HealthCast. Here's Melanie Cole. Pancreatic cancer is one of the more challenging diseases to treat since it rarely shows symptoms in its early stages. However, with some of the latest aggressive therapies and specialized care, that can significantly improve outcomes. My guest today is Dr. Michael Kavnar. He's a surgical oncologist with UK Healthcare. Dr. Kavnar, explain a little bit about pancreatic cancer. What's the prevalence and burden of this type of cancer today? So pancreatic cancer is uh, one of the more uh, common cancers um, that, that we face uh, in surgical oncology. Um, so the most common cancer that uh, we have is lung cancer. So in both men and women, the most common cause of cancer death is lung cancer. And pancreas actually comes in fourth for both uh, men and women. Um, in 2018, there's about 53,000 cases will be diagnosed and about 43,000 will die from the same disease. Wow, staggering numbers. Tell us about some of the hallmarks of pancreatic cancer and and when does it become apparent? People keep hearing that you, it doesn't show until the symptoms are far along. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it actually depends on where in the pancreas the disease arises. So um, the pancreas has a pretty complex anatomy, but if you think of it as either the head of the pancreas, which is over on the right side, um, or everything to the left of that, which is the body and tail of the pancreas. Um, cancers that arise in the head of the pancreas tend to be picked up at an earlier uh, stage because they tend to become symptomatic when they block off the bile duct. So when the, the bile duct gets blocked by a tumor, the patient becomes jaundiced and turns yellow, starts itching. They notice changes in their stool color and their urine color. Um, on the other hand, uh, cancers that arise on the, the left side of the pancreas um, tend to grow to a much larger size before they become symptomatic. And so those are more likely to have um, advanced or metastatic disease at the time when they're finally picked up. Is there a genetic component? Explain some of the risk factors for pancreatic cancer. So pancreatic cancer um, has a number of risk factors. None of them are sort of a one-to-one correlation. And many of them are, are the typical risk factors that you would think of. So smoking, um, alcohol use, uh, high BMI, uh, none of these things have a real high, what we call relative risk um, associated with them. It's, it increases your risk, but it's not like everyone who has those risk factors gets them. Um, but high BMI, low physical activity, red meat, dairy, some of these things have been associated, but they're not perfectly proven. Probably the strongest risk, risk factor is chronic pancreatitis, um, which gives about a sevenfold increase in, in uh, risk of pancreatic cancer. Um, Diabetes has an interesting relationship, too, because sometimes people are, um, are diagnosed with pancreatic cancer after a new onset of diabetes. And so that might happen in someone who's fairly thin and suddenly has weight loss and new diabetes, and that may be a sign of pancreatic cancer. On the flip side, some people with long-standing diabetes are at risk of developing pancreatic cancer. So it's kind of an interesting relationship there. It certainly is. Tell us about the diagnostic criteria. If if it doesn't show many symptoms, what would send somebody to the doctor, and how do you diagnose it? Well, so um, obviously the people that become jaundiced, it's generally a fairly striking uh, change. So a lot of the time the patient doesn't notice it themselves. A family member will say, hey, you look kind of yellow. 
Um, the patient will then, you know, may have become itchy. They'll they'll describe their stool changing to a chalky white color, and their urine becoming dark. So that's the sort of the profound presentation that's usually not missed. Although sometimes people are just really not in touch with their health, and that may go on for a few weeks. Um, for people that have the cancers coming from the other side of the pancreas, um, you know, it, it may be a very vague symptoms. This might be um, sort of subtle indigestion type symptoms, some abdominal pain, um, uh, constipation. Um, one of the more concerning signs can be a back pain, um, as and we think this is because the tumor is actually invading into uh, the nerves that that sort of supply the, the the visceral system and can can be interpreted by the brain as back pain. Um, on, on another sort of important group is you know increasingly with how many imaging tests we get, people will you know if you get a hangnail, you go to the emergency room and get a CT scan and they find something. About seven percent of pancreas cancer is actually found as incidental discovery for a nut scan when a scan is done for another thing, and those are usually early cancers that are found. So to speak about some of the treatment options for people diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, as I said in my intro, it's one of the most challenging of diseases for you physicians to treat. Explain some of the treatment options available and some of the adjuvant therapies that you might try. Kind of what's the latest? What's going on in pancreatic cancer? Well, I'd say the first and probably most important thing with pancreatic cancer is you need a, a, to be treated at a place that has really strong uh, multidisciplinary um, treatment plan. Um, and the reason for that is pancreas cancer is complicated. Um, the, it requires uh, working together with many different groups of physicians, and not just that, it's radiologists, oncologists, radiation doctors, nutritionists, m- many other people and even palliative medicine. Um, The treatment, it varies by, again, by location of the tumor and by um, some of the different staging uh, criteria. And there's a couple different ways to look at this, but clinically the way that that we use and that I use in my practice is there's some criteria that that basically group pancreas cancer into four different categories. Um, and this is whether they're resectable, meaning at the very outset, they could have an operation to completely remove it, borderline resectable, which is there's involvement of some of the big vessels around the pancreas that make it hard to resect, but could be resected potentially. And then there's a locally advanced unresectable, meaning those that have too advanced of a tumor to remove by surgery, but it hasn't spread beyond the pancreas. And then finally, there's metastatic, which is it's spread to either the liver or the lungs or somewhere else. Only about 15 to 20% of pancreas cancers are in those first two groups, those that could qualify for surgery at some point. So the reality of this is about 80% of pancreas cancers will, will never be able to go undergo surgery. And that doesn't mean there's no treatment. It just means that curative intent treatment is not possible. And so if it's in the sort of stage four or metastatic setting, the treatment is generally chemotherapy is the main treatment. Um, For those that are just localized and advanced and can't be removed by surgery, there's chemotherapy and radiation. Um, And then the sort of details of how to approach the surgery uh, is a whole other separate topic for for those first two categories. Well, it certainly is, and we could do a whole segment just on the surgical interventions for pancreatic cancer. But tell us a, a little bit about some of the new approaches or the new 
looks to cancer research. What are you out there looking for? What do you see on the horizon coming down the pike? Well, the I would say the biggest thing that has affected my practice, and I remember I'm a surgeon, so I tend to generally see the patients that are in the either resectable or borderline resectable group. So this is a, 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 a favorable subset of pancreas cancers. Um, and the thing that we're coming to realize more and more is that, you know, this is a disease that is systemic, meaning it is more than just a local problem, even in those that have a small, what we call, you know, quote unquote, early to early tumor, even a small tumor we think has microscopic cancer cells that have spread to other parts of the body. And so the operation that you need to remove even a one centimeter tumor in the head of the pancreas is a big operation. You know, it may take eight hours to do that operation. And if everything goes really well, the patient may be able to get chemotherapy in six or eight weeks. But the major complication rate of that surgery is, you know, 30 to 40%. And so a lot of those people can never get chemotherapy or are very delayed. So what we've realized now is the thing that can help extend people's lives more, we, we think, and it, it's in the course of being proven by research, is giving chemotherapy first before surgery. And this has a lot of potential benefits because it could kill those cancer cells that are in the bloodstream before even enter- entertaining the idea of surgery. Um, and it allows more people to get chemotherapy because you get the chemo in before surgery. And some people who have a complication might never get chemotherapy. It also allows us to sort of select out and and save some people from having surgery because if someone has a very rapid progression during chemotherapy, surgery would have never helped that person. Um, And so this this whole concept is called neoadjuvant chemotherapy. And there's many different ways that it's being sliced and diced right now. There's a bunch of different trials that are underway um, to figure out the best sort of sequence, best drugs, um, best way of going about it. So that's probably the biggest clinical application research that's going on right now. Wow, that is absolutely fascinating. Wrap it up for us. Dr. Kavnar, if you would, with your best information, what you would like listeners to take away from this segment on what most people consider a very scary disease, what you would like them to know about hope for future research and what you can do for them at UK Healthcare. Well, I can tell you that here at UK Healthcare, we have a very comprehensive approach to pancreas cancer uh, that involves really strong multidisciplinary review, which, as I said earlier, is is critical in this disease. So, um, we take we take that very seriously, and and that's whether the patient is in one of those groups that can go undergo surgery or whether they're in a more advanced stage. There are there are other treatments that we can direct people to to enhance quality of life and prolong life uh, in the in those cases. In terms of hope and research. This is a disease that is actively be, being worked on all across the world. Um, there is increasing work on the role of the immune system within pancreas cancer and a bunch of ways to prevent the immune system from, from um, uh, sort of hiding the cancer cells um, and making it so that we can't treat those cancer cells. So I really believe that, you know, in the next five to 10 years, there's going to be a major breakthrough from the medical oncology standpoint because... This operation hasn't changed a lot in in the last 20 years. There's been fine-tuning, but what's really going to make the big splash here is when we can get some new drugs that, that, that work even better than the ones we have now. And I think, that, I think that's coming soon. 
That's excellent news. Thank you so much, Dr. Kavnar, for joining us today and sharing your expertise and explaining a little bit about pancreatic cancer. This is UK HealthCast with the University of Kentucky HealthCare. For more information, you can go to ukhealthcare.uky.edu. That's ukhealthcare.uky.edu. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.